Hi everyone, this is Josh, and welcome to the Baseball Week, a weekly look around Major League Baseball. This is our first regular episode, recapping the first few days of the baseball season, starting on Thursday with opening day. Opening day is probably my favorite day on the baseball calendar, and there were a lot of really great games this opening day, and it just felt really, really good to have baseball back. So, without further ado, let's take a look at the games that began the baseball season on Thursday. Starting with the first game to begin, which was the Chicago Cubs against the Miami Marlins. And the Cubs, a team with really high expectations this year. Uh, A lot of people think they could return to the World Series that they won two years ago. The Marlins, a team that a lot of people think are going to be either the worst or one of the worst teams in baseball. Rebuilding year for them after trading a lot of their players. And let's take a look how the season began for both these teams. And it began with a bang. The first batter of this game, who was also the first batter of the season, Ian Happ, leadoff hitter for the Cubs, started the season with a home run on the very first pitch. Uh, So the Cubs got off to a fast start there. The Cubs had an interesting first inning as well. Uh, They were hit three times. Players were hit. They didn't get any singles until they had three hit batters. Uh, Kind of a quirky statistic there. And the Cubs got three runs in that first inning on their way to a victory over the Marlins by the score of 8-4. to four. So a good first game for the Cubs, certainly. Not to be outdone by Ian Happ and the Cubs, George Springer, the great leadoff hitter for the Houston Astros, also led off his game with a home run. This was a game between the Astros, the defending World Series champions, and the Texas Rangers, who might compete this year. Might have to rebuild. Uh, not not totally clear which way they're going to go so far. Uh, but Springer led off to the great start with a homer. And this was the second straight year that Springer led off opening day with a home run. Uh, he's the first player in baseball history to accomplish that. So pretty impressive. And it was an impressive day all around for the Astros. In addition to Springer, Justin Verlander gave them great starting pitching. And Houston wound up winning that first game 6-1. to So nice start for them as well. Uh, Speaking of World Series contenders, the New York Yankees also got off to a really good start. Uh, Again, thanks to some home runs. Uh, This time, Giancarlo Stanton, the slugger the Yankees acquired from the Miami Marlins this offseason, hit two home runs on opening day. Uh, Those two home runs and some great pitching from Luis Severino and the Yankees' really, really strong bullpen paced the Yankees to a 6-1 win over the Toronto Blue Jays. The Blue Jays are one of those teams, again, that might go either way. Maybe they'll compete, maybe they'll rebuild, uh, but not the best start for them, but a good start for the Yankees. Uh, This also brings us to our first trivia question of the week. Uh, The answer to this question will be revealed at the end of the episode, and this question is courtesy of MLB.com and courtesy of of Giancarlo Stanton, who hit two home runs for the Yankees. question is, uh, who is the only other Yankee to hit two home runs in his first game for the team. Again, Stanton did this on Thursday, who's the only other Yankee ever to hit two home runs in his first game. The answer will be given at the end of the episode. Let's continue the home run theme a little more with a player who outdid even Stanton on opening day, Matt Davidson of the Chicago White Sox. Davidson, not a well-known player. It's his second year. His rookie year, he showed a lot of power, hit 26 home runs. Uh, His slash line, meaning his batting average slash on-base percentage slash slugging percentage, uh, wasn't wasn't great. Uh, Again, he was a rookie, so still uh, building up to what he can be, but his slash line last year had a 220 batting average, 260 on-base percentage, and 452 slugging percentage. So something 
something to improve at this year. And Davidson got off to a great start doing that, hitting three home runs, three home runs for the Chicago White Sox on opening day. Only the fourth player ever to hit three home runs on opening day. Uh, the others, if you're interested, are George Bell, Tuffy Rose, and Dimitri Young. But again, Matt Davidson with three home runs on opening day. And the White Sox beat the Royals 14-7. Again, 14-7 over the Kansas City Royals. Both those teams look like they're going to be rebuilding this year, but a great start for the White Sox, who are a really, really strong young team who could be making a World Series run in a couple of years. Opening day was also a great day for comebacks. In fact, four teams came back from at least four runs down to win their game. Uh, start with the Red Sox, Boston Red Sox, and Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, had a nice game. The Red Sox, a team that looks like they're going to contend for the playoffs, maybe more. The Rays, a team that looked like they're rebuilding. But on this day, it was the Red Sox jumping out to a 4 nothing lead behind great pitching from ace Chris Sale. And it was the eighth inning. It was 4 nothing. Everything was good. Then the Tampa Bay Rays scored six runs to win the game 6-4. to four. Uh, The Rays did not come back from four runs down at all last season. Not once. And they do it this year on opening day. Um, that's why they play the games. In addition, uh, the Philadelphia Phillies and the Atlanta Braves, the Phillies took a 5 nothing lead in the middle of this game. But the Braves stormed back to win the game 8-5 on a three-run walk-off home run from Nick Markakis. So a big comeback there as well. And a matchup of two teams who uh, might be able to compete for a wild card, two teams kind of in a similar place, young teams that look like they both have a really strong future. But on this day, it was uh, the Braves getting the better with a big comeback. In addition, we talked about that White Sox-Royals game with the White Sox winning 14-7. The Royals actually had a 4 nothing lead in this game before any Royal was even retired, before one out was made in the first inning. So it looked like a great start for the Royals, but the White Sox stormed back, again winning 14-7. to In addition, the Anaheim Angels were up 4 nothing on the Oakland Athletics, but the A's came back and ended up winning that game in 11 innings by a score of 6-5. to So a great day for comebacks. Uh, a great day for the A's, White Sox, Braves, and Rays, uh, and their impressive comebacks on opening day. One other note about that Angels-A's game, Shohei Otani, uh, the player for the Angels, uh, who came over from Japan, was a designated hitter in this first game. He's trying to become the first successful two-way player, meaning pitcher and hitter, for a big league team since Babe Ruth. Uh, something that really seemed impossible in this age of specialization, but Otani did it in Japan, and he's trying to do it here in the States as well. Otani played designated hitter again in this first game and got a single, so he's off to off to a solid start in this really impressive quest that we'll definitely keep an eye on as the year continues. There were two other games to go extra innings on opening day in addition to uh, Angels Athletics. One of those is the Milwaukee Brewers against the San Diego Padres. Uh, the Brewers, a uh, really nice team. It looked like they might be competing for a wild card or even the NL Central Division with the Cubs this year after competing with the Cubs all year last year, really surprising a lot of people. And the Padres, who looked like they might be in a rebuild. And on this day, it was Milwaukee beating the Padres 2-1. to one. Again, a good young Padres team, but they might be a little bit away from competing for a playoff berth. And this was 2-1 Milwaukee in 11 innings on opening day. In addition, the Baltimore Orioles, a team that people are concerned about their pitching in particular, and the Minnesota Twins, a good young team who won one of the American League wildcard spots last year. 
uh, played an 11-inning game, and the Orioles just seemed to own opening day. This is the third straight year they won on opening day on a walk-off. This year it was a walk-off home run from Adam Jones. Again, three straight years with a walk-off on opening day, which is extremely impressive. A couple other opening day games, we had the New York Mets versus the St. Louis Cardinals, two teams who might be in contention for a playoff spot this year in the National League. And on this day, the Mets came out on top with Noah Syndergaard, uh, one of their great young pitchers, striking out 10 Cardinals, and the Mets winning the game 9-4. Also, the Arizona Diamondbacks and the Colorado Rockies in a rematch of last year's National League wildcard game. Uh, the Diamondbacks won that wildcard game, and they won against the Rockies in the first game of this rematch, winning 8-2 over Colorado on opening day. The Seattle Mariners also defeated the Cleveland Indians 2-1. Mariners, one of those teams that might be competing for a playoff spot. Indians, a team that most people think are going to be one of the World Series favorites. But on this day, it was Seattle coming out on top uh, with King Felix Hernandez uh, getting the win and Cleveland's great pitcher, one of Cleveland's great pitchers, uh, Corey Kluber, getting the loss. Kluber, though, uh, became the only pitcher to pitch a complete game on this opening day. It was an eight-inning complete game because, again, Seattle beat Cleveland. Seattle did not have to bat in the bottom of the ninth. So, ironically, the only complete game he got from any pitcher in baseball on this opening day was a complete game loss uh, for Corey Kluber, the Klubot, losing to King Felix in a battle of great pitchers and great nicknames. One more opening day game I have not mentioned yet. Uh, was between the San Francisco Giants and Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, Save this because it was one of the coolest games of the day, and it's going to be part of our first stat of the week. Uh, so this game uh, was started for the Dodgers by Clayton Kershaw, their amazing pitcher. Kershaw did not give up a run the entire spring training, and in his opening day career, uh, Kershaw has actually, as a hitter, only scored one fewer run than he's allowed as a pitcher. So he's really, he's great always, but he's especially great on opening day. But on this day, Kershaw gave up one run, not too shabby. But the Giants, led by uh, Ty Blatch filling in for the injured Madison Bumgarner, gave up zero runs, and the Giants won the game one nothing. the one run being a home run by Joe Panic of the Giants. This is our stat of the week because on the very next day, the Giants again beat the Dodgers by a score of one nothing again on a home run by Joe Panic. This is the first time in baseball history that a team has won back-to-back one nothing games with both, run- both runs, both one run, being accounted for by a solo home run by the same player. So Joe Panic hits a solo home run to win opening day, hits a solo home run to win the second game. That's never happened before at any point in the regular season. And that's our stat of the week. So that was all the games on opening day Thursday, March 29th, but four teams were not mentioned. Uh, Those teams were rained out and had their opening day on Friday, March 30th instead, so we'll give them credit for being honorary opening day games and take a look at them as well. Uh, One was the Washington Nationals at the Cincinnati Reds. Nationals winning that game by a score of 2-0 behind some great pitching from Max Scherzer. Uh, Scherzer struck out seven consecutive Reds at one point. Uh, Scherzer, definitely one of the best pitchers in baseball, one of the best strikeout pitchers in baseball as well. Uh, Also, uh, the Detroit Tigers and Pittsburgh Pirates played a great game. Uh, Pirates scored four runs in the top of the ninth to take the lead. 
Tigers scored four runs in the bottom of the ninth to tie the game. And it looked like the Tigers had won the game in the bottom of the 11th, but uh, the run was overturned on instant replay. And the game continued until the 13th inning when Gregory Polanco of the Pittsburgh Pirates had a three-run home run, top of the 13th, to give the Pirates a 13-10 lead and eventually a 13-10 win over the Tigers in one of the wildest, most entertaining games of the season so far between two teams who most people do not think will be in playoff contention, but on this day they played a great game, and maybe it's a sign of things to come. Also on Friday, the Chicago Cubs and Miami Marlins played a really intriguing game, a 17-inning ball game. A reminder, on Thursday, the Cubs hit a leadoff home run, so they got one run on one pitch on Thursday. On Friday, the Cubs got one run in 17 innings, and the Marlins scored twice, got the win 2-1-17, winning it in the bottom of the 17th with a run uh, to give the Marlins the edge there. Since the way baseball works, sometimes one day you get one run on one pitch, one day it's one run on 17 innings. That's one reason the sport is so fascinating and unpredictable. Also some highlights from Saturday's games, the Saturday-March 31st games you want to take a look at. Uh, notably the Toronto Blue Jays-New York Yankees game. The Yankees won the first two games of the series, but the Blue Jays got their first win of the year, uh, beating the Yankees 5-3. And in that game, Kevin Pillar of the Blue Jays stole second base, third base, and home plate on the same trip around the bases. First Blue Jay ever to do that. First player to do that since Will Myers last year with the San Diego Padres. So Kevin Pillar steals second, third, and home. That's a great way to manufacture a run right there. Uh, nice fundamental baseball helping the Blue Jays to a 5-3 win over the Yankees. Also on Saturday, the Minnesota Twins came close to no-hitting the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, it was a combined no-hitter. Uh, Kyle Gibson, the starter for the Twins, went six innings. And Ryan Presley uh, came in in relief. And between the two of them, they had a no-hitter going for seven and two-thirds innings, four outs away, when Jonathan Chope singled and uh, broke up the no-hitter. But the Twins did get the win six to two, the closest. We've come to a no-hitter yet very early here in the season. And the season's three days old already, so it seems like a good time to start giving out some awards uh, for our first weekly podcast player of the week and pitcher of the week. Uh, these are very prestigious awards recognized by this podcast and by nobody else, but that's quite enough. Uh, this podcast player of the week is going to Alexander Bogarts, the great young player for the Boston Red Sox. Alexander uh, Bogarts narrowly beating out Joe Panic for this award. Joe Panic already got statistic of the week and two game-winning home runs, so he's doing fine. Alexander Bogarts uh, becoming just the second player in the last 100 years with three consecutive games of multiple extra base hits to start the season. Three straight games with at least two extra base hits. The only other person in the last 100 years to do that is Adrian Gonzalez of the Dodgers in 2015. So a really, really impressive start for Alexander Bogarts. As for Pitcher of the Week, uh, the award is going to Johnny Cueto of the San Francisco Giants. Cueto, again, with a perfect game into the seventh inning against the Dodgers, who are really one of the World Series favorites heading into the year. Uh, Cueto ends up going seven innings, giving up just one hit. Uh, it was the only hit the Dodgers got in the game, one of the, the Joe Panic one nothing games. Uh, Johnny Cueto, uh, with a great pitching performance to start the year gets him the first Pitcher of the Week award. So many congratulations to Cueto and Bogarts, two of the players off to great starts this season. And one more award for you, the Team of the Week. 
goes to the team that was the most impressive during that week. And during this mini-week, our first winner is the Milwaukee Brewers. Brewers is a team that surprised a lot of people last year, sticking with the Cubs pretty much the whole season long. A team that could find themselves in the playoffs this year. Had a nice offseason as well, acquiring players like Lorenzo Cain, the former Royal outfielder, and trading for Christian Yelich, the former Marlin outfielder. Brewers got off to a great start, sweeping the San Diego Padres, winning in extra innings on opening day, a nice three-run ninth inning comeback to win game two, and then winning again on Saturday to win three straight. And they beat a rebuilding team, but if you win three straight road games to start the season, that's a great start no matter who you're playing. So congrats to the Brewers, uh, our first team of the week. So it was a great opening day, and it's great knowing that there's a full season to come, full of so much more excitement, so much more dramatic, so much more of a fill-in-your-positive-adjective here. Uh, just looking forward to it, looking forward to, again, chronicling it together and seeing all the cool things that are going to come this season. Uh, before we wrap up, a couple more things. Uh, first, a sad note. Uh, it was reported on opening day that one of the great and most underrated players ever to play the game, and really, more importantly, one of the best people ever to play Major League Baseball, passed away at the age of 73, Rusty Staub. Uh, the great former Expo and Met, among other teams, uh, is where he passed away on opening day at the age of 73. I want to talk for a minute about Staub because he is such an inspiring person. Uh, first on the ball field, really an icon in Montreal and in New York, one of the, the only player in Major League history to have 500 or more hits for four different franchises, uh, for Houston, Montreal, the New York Mets, and Detroit. Staub also had over 2,700 hits in his career, and he's one of the uh, one of only four players to hit a home run before he turned 20 years old and after he turned 40 years old. So really an incredible longevity to his career as well. But that's not what I really want to talk about with Rusty Staub. What I really want to talk about with Rusty Staub is what he did after his playing career, after all those highlights of the red-haired man hustling and doing everything he possibly could to help his team win. After Rusty Staub retired, these are some of the things he did. He started the Rusty Staub Foundation, which founded food pantries around New York, and raised over $17 million for similar charities. He also started the New York Police and Fire Widows and Children's Benefit Fund. This fund has raised around $112 million since September 11th. There's some of, again, some of the charity endeavors that Rusty Staub took part in, and are just a brilliant example of what a great baseball life looks like and what a great human life looks like. Rusty Staub was a baseball player, but much more importantly, Rusty Staub was a person who made a difference in countless lives, and that's his best legacy, and that's about as good a legacy as a person can possibly have. To sum it up, I want to look at our quote of the week, which is from a great CBS Sports article about Rusty Staub from the writer Jonah Carey. Carey writes, No matter who you root for, though, Share a thought for one of the true gentlemen to ever play the game. As you get ready to tackle your day, pour yourself a glass of OJ. Maybe add a splash of orange to your outfit. Remember a man who gave as much of himself as he possibly could to every endeavor he pursued. Aravar Rusty, there will never be another like you. We want to wrap up this week and wrap up every week with a story about what makes baseball great. And this week's story is the story of Devin Smeltzer. When Devin Smeltzer was nine years old, he was diagnosed with cancer. Devin lived in the Philadelphia area, and during his recovery, he met Philly's stars Chase Utley and Cole Hamels. 
there is a picture of Chase Utley signing something for Smeltzer. Devin Smeltzer overcame his cancer and a couple years ago was drafted by the Los Angeles Dodgers. Smeltzer is now a minor league player for the Dodgers, and during this spring training, Dodgers manager Dave Roberts, himself a cancer survivor, introduced Smeltzer to the major league team. Chase Utley is also a player for the Los Angeles Dodgers now, and Dave Roberts reintroduced Smeltzer and Utley during this meeting. The video of that introduction and uh, the embrace and caring shown between the two of them is truly wonderful, and really what makes this game so great is the humans behind it. The stats are wonderful, the games are wonderful, the wins are wonderful, but behind it all are human beings playing baseball, and at the end of the day, that's really what matters most, is making a difference and connecting with another human. And this story shows that in spades. I'll put a link to the video story of Utley and Smeltzer meeting once again in the show notes, uh, the story from Spectrum Sportsnet Los Angeles. If you want to watch something to make you feel good about people, watch this. I'll also put a link to Devin Smeltzer's Instagram campaign, Catch Cancer Looking. Smeltzer is raising funds uh, to fight cancer with every strikeout he records uh, as a pitcher. Uh, so a truly impactful story that really shows us once again and why baseball matters and underneath it all, the people who play this game, the differences that they can make. Before wrapping up this week, we do want to give the trivia answer. Again, the question was, Giancarlo Stanton of the New York Yankees became just the second Yankee ever to hit two home runs in his first game with the team. Who was the first? The answer is Roger Maris. So you had Roger Maris, give yourself a pat on the back. Roger Maris hit two home runs in his first game with the Yankees, and this is a great sign for the Yankees because Maris went on during his Yankee career to hit 61 home runs in a single season, a mark that many people still consider the Major League single season home run record. There have been higher single season home run totals since, but all have occurred during the so-called steroid era of the 1990s and early aughts. And that does it for the first regular episode of the Baseball Week. We'll be back again next week with more about Major League Baseball as the season moves into April. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to send us an email at thebaseballweek at gmail.com. That's thebaseballweek at gmail.com. We're happy to hear from you. Uh, So thank you so much for listening. Again, we'll be back again next week with more. Until then, have a wonderful week. Take care.